and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It is a very exciting evening. Well, it's evening when we're recording this. Very exciting evening for us. Uh, one of our favorite episodes we do every year. It is the kind of E3 episode uh, where we're going to break down some of the gaming news, reveals, trailers, and whatnot from the past week. And of course, I am Illegal86, one of your constant hosts. And I'm joined by the other two constant hosts, my good friends, Tactic and Nerd Bomber. Say hello to the people. Happy fake E3, everybody. Hey, how's it going? It is a fake E3, obviously, for those, well, I shouldn't say obviously, in case you haven't been keeping up with things. E3's been canceled this year, but due to things such as the IGN Summer of Gaming and the huge PS5 event that took place last week, we have had a very busy week uh, and weekend of as I said, huge reveals, a lot of AAA titles making their mark on the brains and hearts and wallets of next-gen console gamers. Of course, we got details about the PS5 as well. We're going to break down all of that, and it's going to be very busy. So uh, we can dive right into it, starting, I think, chronologically with the PS5 event, which I think took place before Summer of Gaming started, but I don't know if that's actually correct. I think you're right. I think I think I'm right and we're going to start with there either way because before we get into the games we should talk about the console. We should talk about what they revealed about the PS5. I guess starting with the way it looks itself. And I know tactic, you know, guys, the three of us, we talk to each other throughout the week. It's not like we just pop in on on Tuesdays every week and just record things. We we, we have we have a messenger group. We're humans. And tactic came in pretty hot with with early thoughts on <laughs> what the console looked like to him so i guess i'll i'll, I'll give you the floor technique and, and you can take it away and talk a little bit about your thoughts on on the shapeliness of this console it's so slender and it reminded me of one of those filter stands that kind of swivel as they filter do you guys know what i'm talking about like the do, air but... filter fan that we just bought yeah exactly like that but that's not what you said I, I agree with you. Uh, what you said, and I think I'm directly quoting here, but I don't want to scroll back through the messages. You said, it looks like a router. And I heard that from, you were not the only person that said that. I hate to say it wasn't the most original thought in the world, but it does look like a router, guys. Uh, if you haven't seen this thing, they went with the two-tone style that matches the controller, kind of what we were all expecting uh, with the white and the black. And it looks like a router. I mean, I've seen a lot of memes along the lines of, you know, a picture of the Xbox One Series X and a picture of the PS5 saying, okay, pick one, a router or a mini fridge. And it's hard to fault that interpretation of, of what these consoles look like. I mean, they they went in to two totally different directions. I have to give them credit for that. Yeah, I will say I am a very, in terms of design, I guess I'm more utilitarian. So I like the Xbox design a little bit better. This one's just a little bit too out there. And so the weird thing to me is that, especially once you add the disk drive, because one of the things that they reveal too is that they have two different options. So one with the disk drive and one without an all digital version. And so the console doesn't look terrible with the all digital version. But when you add the disk drive, it like throws off the feng shui of the entire thing. Because it's it like makes a camel's the, hump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, I've seen even photos where apparently because they show it in its vertical orientation in all of the the renders that they show. But I prefer because I just I don't have room. My setup is not good for vertical right. orientation. I like horizontal consoles. So then when you turn the thing with the disk drive horizontally, it just looks super awkward. And I don't like that. I mean, listen, the average 
I, I don't think it's going too far to say that the average TV stand, both TV stands that I own, I'll say that, simply do not support vertical orientation of consoles. So for me, yes, since the Xbox 360, I guess GameCube wasn't really an option, but since the Xbox 360 and the, and the PS4 and even the Xbox One that I briefly had, it was all horizontal orientation. It's, that's never changed. So I agree, you know, show, them showing it in vertical orientation, whatever, who cares? But it, there is kind of a camel's hump thing with, with the disk drive. Now, with all that being said, I want to make a public service announcement for, for anyone who's thinking about getting the digital only version. Think for a second and don't do it because I, I don't know. Maybe this is me throwing fire on the field, but like th- th- that's a bad idea. As someone who their primary way of buying games is to wait until game prices go down and then buy used copies. You can't do that with a digital only version. It's just not going to happen, obviously. Um, so for me, economically, like, I'm sure the digital only version will be cheaper, but It'll be I more extremely in the long run. Exactly. I extremely doubt it'll be a, a worthwhile proposition for me. Now, granted, I have talked to some people who say I have bought a game disc in years. I only ever do digital. If that's the way you do things, then by all means, you know, um, I'm getting The Last of Us 2. I got the, I pre-ordered on Amazon and I'm not getting the disc until Tuesday, even though it comes out on Friday. So like I am getting it a little bit late. I don't really care, uh, but I think a lot of people want digital delivery for reasons like that, or reasons like just simple convenience. But See, for but me, you have the to cost think about too. too like this console, they keep saying that it's going to be backwards compatible with most of the PlayStation Four games, or at least the it's top hundred most popular games. So you also have to consider when you're buying the new console. Most people, even if you keep your PlayStation Four and you don't trade it in to get money towards the new console. You probably shelve it and you mostly just use the new console unless you get a bug up your butt to revisit the old one. So think about the backwards compatibility because if you have a lot of PlayStation 4 discs laying around, you want to make sure that you can play that on the new console because if you bought it physically, obviously you don't have the digital license to just download it. That's a good point too. Now, now go, going back to the aesthetics, I know what I've read and I don't have a whole lot of hard statistics or anything on this, but I've heard people say that the the kind of angular and curvy sides kind of thing. I've heard it's for cooling because as we know, this thing is going to pack a lot of computing power. None of the stats there have really changed. You know, it's going to have an SSD. It's going to have 10 point something teraflops. You know, it's, it's basically has the power of a high performance gaming computer. So Um, the only way that curving curvy sides would do that is if they have big heat sinks under them curves. Well, if you look at the actual console design though, there's vents basically on the inner edge on the entire of thing all of the curves so on both yeah. sides of basically the flanges i guess if you're looking at it like it's a, a tie fighter on, on like the, the flanges there's vents all along that console they they clearly care a lot about cooling because because they have to i, I think maybe there might be the possibility that some people have tried using that to reason out you know why it looks the way it looks for my money like and we'll talk about money in a second but for, for my money I would have been, I guess let me phrase it differently. Let me ask it as a question. Aesthetically, what did you guys want to see that was different than this? What, what, what's your ideal vision? What would a PlayStation 5 look like that would make you say, I need to buy this right now? So as far as I need to buy this right now, there has been a lot of concept art consoles and the Miles Morales one was definitely one that I've seen that would be an I need to buy this right now. That said, going back to the vertical orientation of the console, I get incredibly nervous about how tip-friendly it is 
especially yep. with it potentially being a pretty expensive piece of hardware where I just want it to lay down and, and relax where it's not going to fall over from, I'm going to be honest, I run around a lot. Well, so, so, so what I'm asking is not about specific like limited editions. I'm, I'm saying, how would you change the PS5 design? What would you want it to look like structurally? Because for me, like when I think of all the game consoles I've ever owned, which one I most like to look at, I have to give credit to the Xbox One. The Xbox One, one? granted, it's uh, the base model. I don't know. I didn't have this. I, I just had an Xbox One. I don't, it was black. I mean, it was the thing about it is it was a very it was a black, unassuming box. There was not much to look at. But my point is, it doesn't need to be much to look at. There was there was you know the Xbox logo light that came on that was you know but it, but it was just a flush kind of glossy screen on the front. I don't think you need more. Even the PS4 design. Again, very unassuming, not very interesting to look at, basically just a trapezoid, but it gets the job. It doesn't need to be flashy, I guess, is my point. And, and, my, and to that end, what you're saying, Nerd Bomber, about, about Xbox Series X kind of being the better one here, I don't like the look of that either, but I have to agree is that it doesn't need to, I don't need a racing stripe on this thing. My um, absolute favorite one was the PS2 Slim. They gave you a stand where you could stand it up if you wanted to. You could have put it on its side. It was very unassuming. It kept out of the way. And that thing was actually pretty sturdy considering how flimsy it appeared. And that's what I like in a console because I'm perpetually nervous about damage. So for me, I tend to agree with you, Illegal, where I would have liked something a little less flashy. It kind of feels like we took a little bit of a step backward. And I understand that the the PlayStation 5 looks super futuristic, but it kind of feels like, you know, remember back in like the 90s and the early 2000s when custom PCs were all of the rage and yeah. they were like super flashy, showy things. And it called attention to the fact that you're a gamer and that's fine. I am not afraid to tell people that I play video games and that I really love video games, but I also like to keep the, again, I'm going to go back to the feng shui of my living room. Like I want it to kind of blend in because I don't want it to be this giant eyesore that then I have to kind of change my style to fit around because especially when you look at the dimensions people have actually taken based on the disk drive of the playstation 5 disk version and they've compared it and set it next to all of the other consoles that we've seen in the past so like previous playstations and xboxes and this thing is massive so it's going to be this giant white box and for me the black just blends better because i have a whole black furniture black art deco on my walls whole nice little like black thing going on and i just i would have preferred something not as flashy and i know there's going to be variants on the console but especially like i feel like those variants aren't going to come out day one and we'll probably talk about this later but i might be a day one purchaser and it's just going to be a giant eyesore and it's going to make me sad well that's why i mentioned the limited edition versions so i am with you with getting that version and, and the thing is you know xbox the xbox uh, one also had a white version and like I, I think the ps4 has had white versions as well it just to me it part of it a big part of it is pick a color don't pick two colors and you know i think when you pick two colors and when you include all this flashiness kind of going into what you were saying nerd bomber like i think an important thing for me the more i think about it is yes i'm a gamer and like i'm not ashamed of being a gamer but i also don't super want in certain situations i don't want a thing in my entertainment center that looks like a toy how much does it look like a toy? I think that's a key, for me at least, that's a key distinction and, 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 a, and a, a key thing that I'm looking for. Like, I want something that, I, like I said, is unassuming. So, and I mean, we even have, for all of the talk that I just had about how I like black boxes, 
I mean, we have the Xbox One S and it's the white version, but because it's just white and black and there's no big blue stripes up the side and lights, it still fits the tone of our living room and the feel of our living room. And like you said, there are times when you want to have company over and you don't want it the PlayStation to be the centerpiece of your living room, you know? You just want when it you to wanna be pretend, there. You, yeah, when you want to pretend you're an adult. And when you want to, like, have a dinner party and, like, drink wine and talk about caviar and stuff. You know, like, I, you don't want a toy that's out. Like, if you have kids, of course, you, that's fine. But, yeah, we, we should move into... Tactic already alluded to this. I think I already alluded to it. Actually, I think all three of us have. The price. There is no update on this. There are, of course, rumors, but they didn't announce the price. They showed the console... They showed, a f- they showed a few peripherals. They showed a new headset, I believe, a new remote. But they didn't talk price. Probably very specifically and very purposefully, you know, we have these two giants, Microsoft and Sony, kind of playing a game of chicken over who's going to reveal their price first. Now, the rumors are all pointing to $499. It's unclear whether that's the digital version or the disc version. I would guess it's the digital version and the disc version is more expensive. Yeah, I've been um, seeing rumors that it's going to be $499 for digital and then another 100 on top of that if you want the disc it's a little pricey it's very pricey and and for me you know my opinion on, on in terms of the value proposition doesn't really change but that's a big chunk of change you know the ps4 when it debuted it was 400 bucks and even that at the time was thought to be just wow that's a lot of money and this is more and, and you know i hardware wise you're getting the value I understand that, but like the PlayStation 3, part of the reason why the PlayStation 3 was such a kind of failure, if you look back on that, was because that console launched, I want to say, wasn't it like $4.99 or $5.99, which was significantly more expensive than the Xbox 360 at the time. And people then gravitated towards the Xbox 360 because that's a lot to ask. And I mean, especially more so back then because gaming, I feel like, wasn't as prolific of a hobby and wasn't super mainstream yet. So maybe people are more willing to spend that much now, but still $600 is a lot of money to ask of people, especially when you consider there's two consoles coming out. The launch price for the PS3, I Googled it, was $500. So they'd be coming in at the same point for the PS5. Now, it's kind of a good point what you just said. You know, PS, Xbox won that generation. I don't think there's argument over that. Does Sony want to make the same mistake again? Because that's the way it's trending. You know, I, granted, I doubt that the Series X is going to be as cheap as the 360 was, so there might not be as big of a difference. But but I mean, that's what kind of killed important. the Xbox One last gen. It came in, I think, another hundred dollars above the PlayStation Four, and so people again did it. I, it, I think it, it was because they had initially bundled it with a Kinect and the Kinect wasn't an option. So it bumped the whole bundle price up by a hundred bucks and people didn't want to spend that much more money. There just wasn't enough extra value yeah, to justify it. You're right. Uh, the Xbox one came in at 499. So, yeah, so, so, but this is interesting is, is now, you know, looking at these last two generations, you clearly see there's a correlation. So these companies are justifiably afraid to say what their price is before the other. I think they're going to be the same. That my best guess is they're going to be the same. If 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 there's a difference, the Sony, the PlayStation Five will be more expensive. I would hope. But you know, with all this in mind, assuming five hundred or six hundred dollars for this thing, the question then becomes: Do you buy this thing, or I guess do you buy one of them? And and for me, you know, since we started talking about these next gen consoles, the answer for me has pretty consistently been no. However, uh, I have to give all the credit in the world to this event and the games that they revealed at this event for a kicking the crap out of microsoft's event which we talked about a few episodes ago and b 
getting me on board. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to commit right now saying I'm going to buy one at launch, but it's pushed me very hard in the right direction. So, so we should dive in, you know, and start diving into some of these games that they revealed because there's a pretty long list. So, first, um, I think Tactic. Wants, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I can. I have so, a as far cue. as <laughs> as far as which one I'm leaning towards, yes, Sony definitely destroyed Microsoft with the upcoming games and releases that they have. However, the disc drive to me was kind of a slap in the face, where they're going to give you an option to have it or not have it, and I'm very partial to having it. So, at this point. Sony, Microsoft, your price could flip me whichever way. See, before we get into the games, and that's a huge component here, I think right now I'm definitely leaning towards the PlayStation 5, and there's a very key reason. So even if the Xbox Series X comes in cheaper, and I'm pretty sure they already said that they're going to also have a digital versus disk drive version. So that, to me, that doesn't matter. They're both going to do that whole weird divisive thing. That'd be my guess, yeah. And it's not even so much a knock on some of the games that Xbox showed, because we have to remember that what they had shown in their last kind of expo inside Xbox thing, that wasn't any of their first party exclusive titles. They were just showing off some of the games that would be coming from some of the third party devs. So we still have that big event out there for Xbox. However, the, the... I think the thing that's really separating the two is that PlayStation, during the event, they were very explicit that they wanted to have a a hard line between the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. They wanted you to make that jump and feel that jump and not have bleed over between the generations. And the games that they showed, which we'll be talking about, were significant enough for me to want to play and buy a new console. Meanwhile, Xbox, they're being very consumer friendly, which I really like, but that's actually going to drive me away from buying the console because unless they show me games that I can only play on the Xbox One or Series X that are going to blow me away, so far with their smart delivery system, they're pretty much promising that all of these great new games, even if they're Xbox exclusives, I can still play on my old hardware. And like, yes, when I finally upgrade to the Xbox Series X, they'll play better, but in the interim... I can buy the PlayStation 5 and still get all the benefits of next gen for Xbox without like the ray tracing, obviously, but like I'll still be able to experience the games, maybe not in their best form, but I'll still be able to play them. So for me, that kind of puts me in the PlayStation camp just because I don't need to buy the new hardware to play the cool games that Xbox will have. I can wait a little bit. Cost is is a huge factor for me. I, I mean, you know, from my perspective, whether it's correct or incorrect, you know, I feel like I know a lot more about the PlayStation at this point than I know about the Xbox. And parts of that, part of that is recency bias. Part of that might also be that I'm a PlayStation owner, but you know, I, my, for example, my girlfriend was talking to me the other day after I showed her some trailers from the event saying, this is a big deal. And she balked at the cost when I told her what I thought it was going to be. And understandably so it's a huge amount of money. And I had to explain to her, you know, this thing has a solid state drive. It's going to change. Like, there are multiple things that this console is going to do. This console generation, I'm becoming more and more convinced, is going to be a significant jump. More significant than Xbox 360 to PS4 because um, I crossed paths for that. Um, and certainly more significant than Xbox to Xbox 360, I would I would think. You know, to me, this is feeling more monumental. I, I, I guess I'm not 100% sure whether or not that's true. I don't have data to support it, but that's the feeling I'm getting. And maybe that just means their marketing is working. But yeah, for me, I'm I'm PS5. I'm not gonna commit. Like I said, I'm not gonna commit yet to whether I'm a first day buyer. But and I do know Xbox has more to say. It's just 
I also feel like, again, PlayStation 5 didn't really pussyfoot around it and say, oh, while you're waiting, here's some stuff. No, they said, here, these these are our AAA, buy the console for these titles, titles. And I feel like, it, I feel like it's going to pay dividends for them that they got that sort of thing out before Xbox did. You know, we'll, we'll see. But, but we, we should dive into some of these games. So, so we'll start with, you know, the trailer was pretty short, didn't show a whole lot, but it didn't matter in my in my case. I don't think it mattered for either of you. Miles Morales, you know, this is something that we kind of expected. Spider-Man was a huge exclusive for PlayStation 4. It was a huge deal, huge moneymaker for them. It theoretically making a sequel wouldn't be that hard. And, and, and we've seen them do SSD demos with Spider-Man as a case study. So again, this isn't a huge surprise, but that doesn't make it any less exciting. I'm super stoked about this. I think, I know, so some of the details, there was a lot of confusion after they showed a little clip. Some people were like, oh, this is a brand new full length sequel. And then they clarified and they were like, no, this is like kind of an add on to the original game. And then they re-clarified and they were like, no, it's a standalone. It's just a smaller expansion, kind of like the Uncharted, oh man, I'm forgetting the name of the Uncharted game. Um, the Lost Legacy. Yes, probably. thank you. Um, so it would be basically a smaller standalone title. But to me, like, who cares? Yeah, who cares? right. So it, that means it'll what... probably be less expensive. Exactly. And you're still getting a new Spider-Man. Exp- it could literally be the same exact thing. It could be the same exact gameplay. I would still eat it up. Like this just goes to show how having a great exclusive title will sell consoles because as soon as I saw and heard the game clip first of all again I'm really stoked about a game focusing on Miles Morales I think Into the Spider-Verse kind of finally opened people's eyes to the fact that there's more than just Peter Parker and I know Peter Parker is great and we've had so many different movie iterations of him and game iterations but it's just great to get Miles Morales a little bit more exposure and honestly like even if it's short I'm going to buy it because I'm just hyped. Spider-Man was one of my favorite games of last gen, which is saying a lot because there were a lot of good games. And to me, that's an instant moneymaker. Like that alone made me want to buy a PlayStation 5. 100%. Tactic, I assume not a dissenting opinion. I know you liked Spider-Man as well. Um, Just for a little visual, I was aggressively nodding my head in agreement (laughs) with Nerd Bomber. That entire spiel. So I I have no qualms with any of that. Like I said, they could honestly like there's a world in which if they just said, here's a remaster of this game that uses a solid state drive, there's no loads ever. I'd be like, sure. <laughs> like, like there's only so much that this, like you said, it, it's a PS4 exclusive that kind of has the right to do whatever they want at this point in, in terms I mean that the formula for the first game was so good. Just do that again. You know, it's, it's like a good movie sequel. Just do it, do it, whatever what you did the first time and things will be fine. So yeah, I guess not much to talk about there. Uh, just a universal acclaim kind of deal. Similarly, Ratchet and Clank coming back, dude, is a big deal. And, and and my girlfriend doesn't play many games, but she played Ratchet and Clank remastered and loved it from end to end. So this was the one, you know, starting my cell of like. Granted, I don't need her permission to spend six hundred dollars on a console. I'm my own man, but this is me sort of kind of starting to grease the wheels, saying. Hey, I'll spend this money, but now you can. Then you can play this. This is an amazing trailer. Uh, this had a lot more meat on its bones than Miles Morales did, and it showed, I think, what a lot of the gameplay is going to look like, and just in general how great it's going to be. I, I don't. Again, not sure what to say about this. Super excited. I, don't, I haven't even played a Ratchet and Clank game, but 
it looks like a solid platformer. So Nerd Bomber, I know you're the Ratchet and Clank person. I was actually a little disappointed, and this should probably get you super hyped. I was actually a little bit disappointed in the Ratchet and Clank quote unquote remaster because they changed the story and, and stuff. But it was still a really fun game. I urge you to go back and play any of the older games because I'm pretty sure you can buy them on PlayStation 4. I think they optimize them and you can buy them and play them. You definitely should check them out because they were probably some of the most fun platformers I've ever played. So when I saw this trailer, I was psyched because it looks like they're bringing back a lot of that classic gameplay that we loved, a lot of that classic humor that we loved. It's not based on a kind of terrible B-movie. Like, the movie broke my heart a little bit. I wanted to love it and it just was okay. So it's not based on a movie. It's just going to like kind of continue the Ratchet and Clank universe. And the thing that was incredible to me was the technological advancements that this trailer showed because you could literally, I, I distinctly remember playing on the PlayStation 2 and going from planet to planet and having to sit and wait and stare at a loading screen. And this, you just freaking warp through a warp. Yeah. It's just a ripple in time and you're immediately in another world. It looks so fast. It looks so snappy and it looks amazing. I'm so excited for this and it, it'll show the power of the SSD in the console. So one right. thing and that I saw that intrigued me was it looked like you'd play as a different ratchet animal thing. Did that happen in any of the previous titles that you played? No, for the most part, you either played as Ratchet or Clank. So yeah, they, they did introduce that female character, and I believe they confirmed that she will be a playable character. So another reason to be stoked. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite but, franchises. I'm so glad that they're doing new games for it. And like you said, what's important is it would appear, I mean, the game is called Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and, and the idea being you move through these rifts to different worlds. It's designed to take advantage of the new hardware. Is like it, that, that's one of the first things I thought after I finished watching the trailer is, wow, someone came to them and said, we need a new Ratchet and Clank game. And here's the new things you can do with this hardware. And they were like, OK, how do we take advantage of that power? And it looks they're poised to do it beautifully. So, again, what, what you know, I, 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 I don't want us to be yes men sitting here for yes men and women. Sorry. Uh, sitting here for another half hour. So let's talk about Stray because this, this one was weird to me. I liked uh, it. I don't. What what was there to like? I have yeah. to. I, I I'm kind of with you on that illegal. I just want to be a cat, 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 and a dance, 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 dance. What's the game play? Like I I, I, I think every other game here, except with the exception of Pragmata, which we'll get to. I watched it and I was like, okay, I understand what is happening and what you do. And Stray, I was like, okay, this is an art film that I might participate in. Like I I didn't understand. I got, yeah, I guess that just as you're a stray cat, but that's not a, is that a game? Amazing. I'm I, sold. I I'll buy 50. <laughs> I don't want to rain on your parade, Nerd Bomber. I just, this was the one, it, it stuck out. Again, look, looking at the rest of these, it stuck out because I watched this one and I, I felt very little <laughs> relative to the rest. Here, I'll give um, you guys a better trailer. It's what happens at 3 a.m. when you're trying to sleep and there's all those noises and you have no idea what your cat is doing. The game. I mean, right. it looked See, like a cat in steampunk world with like robots. I, I don't know. I think it could be a really interesting concept. I really liked the art style of the game. And you know what? I just want to be a kitty cat. I, w I was confused about, I will say, I, thinking back to my trailer watch through, I was confused about whether you, whether you were the robot or the cat. I know at one point I was like, so wait, am I the cat or the robot? And then I remember what the title of the game was. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm obviously the cat. So just but for the robots reference. did seem important. 
you're talking to the person who is literally waiting eagerly for the Cat Quest 1 and 2 bundle to be released in physical edition for the Switch because I want to play a old-schooly RPG. It, it's kind of like an old Zelda-y type RPG, but you're a cat. So 3D cat, man, I'm in. Hard to argue with that. So yeah, so, so there was that one. Horizon Forbidden West. I did not play Zero Dawn. I've heard nothing but good things Wait, about really? Zero Dawn. Oh, you need to go I've, do that. That should be I've your next game. Fabulous in various ways. Um, so I should not care when I watch for Horizon Forbidden West, right? Um, no, wrong. I, I mean, this was a great trailer. Again, in the sense of a cinematic trailer where they don't really show gameplay, it looks fantastic. You got, you got a Lance Reddick cameo, first of all. I love Lance Reddick. He was in the first game. Which uh, I did not. I did not know that. I love him. There's this really cool narration. There's just absolutely stunning visuals. You know, obviously very nature forward. I don't know much about the gameplay to be honest. It seems like there's some big conflict that I don't understand. Um, but again, th- th- this. I guess this one for me, it was exciting in the sense that okay, Sony's coming out shooting. It is the vibe I got from this entire looking down this list of games. You know, that's. I guess the big besides miles morales that's probably the biggest uh triple a title they were touting but it's still like there were so many of those on this list that they're really you know again putting their best foot forward so you you have played horizon zero dawn i have and you it was an incredible game tectic has not played it yet he kind of watched me play it a little bit but i played it and it was one of again one of my favorite games of this past generation and Again, I'm going to say this is the this is why Microsoft, I'm hoping they invested heavily in their first party game studios, because when you have franchises where immediately when it came on the screen and I realized it was Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West, I literally turned to tactic and I was like, this is it, it's Horizon. And I was so excited. And it, I mean, you know, it's going to be a great quality game. The promise of expanding on what was already a great game and introducing new game mechanics, new beasts that you're out there fighting and trying to tame. Because really, the gist of the game was learning about all of the different machine animals in the world and how right. you can take them down or tame them. And it really, it was very strategic. You couldn't, for the most part, go in guns blazing or arrows blazing. You really had to think and strategize what you were doing. So the promise of being able to do that with different creatures in a different part of the world and just having more to explore, man, I'm sold. Well, and and it, it's important what you just said, you know, seeing that it's Horizon and, and, and getting excited, that excitement directly translates to console sales, as we've already said. But I don't know. I haven't played Xbox in a while, so I might be, not be the best person to answer this question. But like, name a franchise that is an Xbox exclusive besides Halo that you will be excited and shocked to see at their reveal. Gears. I still love Gears. I'm That's a big a Gears answer. fan. And they left it with a cliffhanger, so you know there's going to be a new Gears. So, like, I do I do want to point out that primarily I'm an Xbox One player. We have the PlayStation 4. We have two of each console. But I primarily still find myself on Xbox One. And... Not that I, I don't really believe in like the, the fan wars between the two consoles because, I mean, I guess I have the luxury of having supportive significant other who doesn't care that I blow a lot of money on video game consoles and video games in general. But I have the luxury of having both. And at this point, 
like if I can only pick one, I'm still picking PlayStation just based off the games and what I'm seeing. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, we'll we'll keep keeping it rolling. Now we're now we're kind of, again. Well, I guess let's get the last big name out of the way, and then we'll talk about some of the more niche ones. Uh, Resident Evil Village was a very interesting one uh, because I did not know. Well, except for the fact that I was watching the video titled Resident Evil Village, this trailer did not say Resident Evil to me at all until the very end when I think a character showed up from a past game and the title Resident Evil came up. This it gave looked, me the same yeah, vibe that I believe it was Ragnarok gave me where it didn't really... F- so like that game didn't really fit Assassin's Creed, but at the end it was like slap Assassin's Creed on that bad boy. Oh, you mean boy. Valhalla? Yeah, Valhalla. They changed sorry. the name of it. It's fine. Slap, <laughs> slap Assassin's Creed on that bad boy and call it a day. This gave me yes. the same vibe. They made a Absolutely. game and they're like, mm, Resident Evil, let's go with that. I completely agree. I mean, that, that's the vibe that I got. I mean, it, it didn't, and to be clear, it doesn't mean it looks bad. It looks like a solid survival horror experience, uh, one that might be particularly scary. I just, you know, when I think about what stuck in my head most about it, it was that I consciously thought at one point, this is a Resident Evil game? Because right now it's just like old-fashioned villain. Like it, it takes place in a different time period, it looks like. And it's just, you know, it happens to be zombies in a village. Um, I, I don't know. I can't. I just can't get into these. I always want to play a survival horror game, but ultimately I end up playing it by myself because Tactic can only watch me for so long before he gets bored playing the game. And I just get too scared and I can't make any progress and it's not fun for me. I still don't, I like, I understand why you guys all like horror films and horror games, but I just, I can't get there, man. I don't get that bored because my entertainment is talking during cutscenes, So that keeps me engaged. I guess for me, the thing with Resident Evil is, you know, we talked about Spider-Man. We talked about Horizon, even Ratchet and Clank, honestly, like. These are games that if you saw the new, like Horizon is a perfect example for me, where if I wanted to go back and play Zero Dawn right now to get up to speed before Forbidden West comes, I could do that. The mythos of Resident Evil at this point, how many games have there been of Resident Evil? Like there's so many spanning a billion console generations, which means it's a great franchise, you know, but part of me feels, and I feel the same way about Assassin's Creed for the most part, it's too late for me to get in. Like I can't, it's over. And I've made my peace with that, but it, I just did with that in mind, I find it interesting that they're taking that name and seemingly going in a different direction, I, maybe to attract new players, but they're not, it's not going to work on me. I don't know. It looked great. I, I shouldn't say it didn't look good because it, it looked great. It's just a little bit confusing. Maybe the one on this list that I'm the most excited about is not Spider-Man, is not Horizon, it's not Ratchet and Clank. It's a game called Returnal and, and we were just talking about survival horror. So this isn't a nerd bomber game. This is a this is an Ill- illegal game. But this looked uh, a little bit more like you had some action-y. control and action. You can fight it's, back a little bit better. You don't have to just hide. It's a so for a few reasons. One being that I'm pretty sure this is the game. So the, the writer of Dead Space, I think his name is Anthony Johnston, tweeted out the day before the PS5 event saying, "Look out for look out tomorrow for the game that I've been working on." And I don't know if it was confirmed, but I'm pretty sure it was more or less confirmed that it was this one. And we have a science fiction. It is, I think, a classified as survival horror and a survival horror action, I guess we'll call it. Uh, third person shooter. That is Dead Space. Like, like th- there's a lot about this that is screaming Dead Space to me. And you, for those who have listened to the podcast for more than a few minutes, know that I love that franchise. So for me, I'm all in. The graphics look great. 
there were snippets of gameplay shown uh, that looked promising. Again, the third-person shooting, namely. So I'm into that one. Uh, Project Athea. I have to pass this off to one of you guys. I don't remember this one. This one, it had dragons. It had a, a the female protagonist who had a lot of... It looked like superpowers. It, it just looked like a very interesting... It's a, it's a Square Enix game, I believe. And exclusively developed for the playstation 5 and it just looks like a really fun action game that would probably be up my alley i feel like i need to see more about this game but i'm excited to see more about this game it's not one of those games where i'm just like eh, whatever like i was i remember being significantly hyped about it yeah that was kind of my reaction i literally stood at the screen and just went all right dope 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 but i yeah. want to see more why not why not Th- that that is the interesting thing about a lot of this a- a- and we're going to talk about this later with star wars squadrons is Again, these trailers are cinematics, so they can only give you so much sense of what the game's actually going to be, right? You know, not a lot of them show extended gameplay, so you don't really know. That changes a little bit as we discuss the IGN Summer of Gaming, but we have a couple more games to, to break down before getting into that. Um, we have to talk about Deathloop, because we talked about Deathloop a while back on this podcast. I think last year at E3 is when we talked about it, because I think it was being talked about there. Yep. The difference here, contrary to what I just said, is that we saw a lot of gameplay in this trailer, and boy did it change my opinion of what was going on you know um i was kind of i don't want to say i was indifferent to this game uh when we talked about it last year this is arcane this is this is the dishonored people and it shows in the in the gameplay this is a time loop where you're 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 two fighting assassins and it looks like you have powers it 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 is very dishonored the the influence of dishonored is very clear but i love that it looks like it's going to be a more actiony more arcadey dishonored and I'm into that. And I think Nerdbomber, I think you generally agreed with that. We again we talked during the week and yeah, I think you I'm, mentioned being I mean, into this. I'm a big arcane fangirl. I don't think I've really disliked anything that they've really done. And so this again, it looks like more of the same like quality that they usually put out and kind of like the same, I guess, shooting, fighting system, but more arcadey, which I really liked. And the only thing, though, is that this one, again, surprisingly, PlayStation 5 exclusive. And when this was revealed at E3 yeah. last year, I don't remember that being the case. So that that was actually really curious because I don't know if any Arcane games have really been a first or a console exclusive at all. I feel like they've always been on every platform. So interesting. And another reason why, again, I'm in that PlayStation 5 camp right now. This game looks also super worth fun. noting. Uh, Arcane also did Prey, which is one of my favorites from the past few years. I, I don't know, Nerdbomber Tactic, have you guys played Prey? No, I keep meaning to. Prey is very good. I haven't gotten Prey's, around to it. It's the real deal. One of the better games I've played in the past few years, without a doubt. So in this game, it appears that you have the option to play as both characters. If you can only pick one, which one would you go for? The guy or the girl? Uh, pff, I don't know, based on the trailer, I feel like they want you to pick the guy. Uh, they definitely made him seem more likable in the trailer or like you should be rooting for him. But I wonder if yes. somehow, like, I think it would be really cool if they pull a Dishonored 2 where you get to pick between the two characters and they have different yes. skill sets. Because then I think that game also then has a lot of replayability because if there's different skill sets and there's completely different perspectives. Because with Dishonored 2, the story was more or less the same, if I'm remembering correctly. You just had different skill sets and like certain things were tweaked based on the character that you chose. But yeah, this would be I, really I interesting. I only played as Corvo. I only played as Corvo, so I'm not sure. But I that's the sense that I got. 
Like if uh, the compl- like the perspectives were completely shifted, I feel like you'd have to play this game twice in order to get the full story. Or maybe they'll yeah. end up like every other chapter or something you'll play as a different character. I don't know. I'm really interested to see what they do with this. So that one was cool. Um, wrapping up the PS5 discussion is probably the most indescribable one, which is kind of why I saved it for last. Pragmata uh, is this trailer that was cinematic trailer that showed this astronaut and this little like ghost girl. It's I'm going to say right now, it's hard to describe what the trailer is, but I was into it. I have to admit I was, it caught my interest and caught my intrigue and it's very sci-fi and I'm t- tend to be into that um, kind of, I am legendy uh, vibe to it. So I was into this. This is Capcom too. This is, this is a, this is a big deal developer. So I, I don't know. General thoughts on this from, from either of you before we move on. Um, I think physics took the day off for this one. <laughs> True. Because I was just trying to figure out how they jump up and then get sucked to the moon. Um, but definitely looks intriguing. And I don't want to count it out yet. It's another one of those. I'd like to see more, but I don't know that I'm sold just yet. Yeah, again, I feel like I need more than just a cinematic trailer. I think it is really interesting. Like, first of all, there is a cat. So, like, an- immediately my interest was piqued. Right. Um, but it seemed like they were all robots or, like, some kind of AI that were trying to escape. And to me, that that's an interesting concept, especially right now. I'm reading a book about AI. And so, interesting concept but I feel like I don't know what the game is going to be. Like, what kind of combat are we expecting from this? It seems like it should be a first-person shooter, but I honestly don't know. Plot twist, this and Stray are part of the same universe. It it might have fallen a little too, you know, for a first trailer, I think it did what it needs to do. But at the same right. time, it might have fallen a little bit too far into the realm of, what's the word? I don't, it's not pretentious, but it's similar to that, where it's like, you wish you could understand this you know it's like okay be a little bit less obscure well kind of like what death stranding did initially like nobody knew what that game was about for at least two years i feel like there were little snippets dropped and no one had any idea what was going on like at least try you don't need dialogue i I get that i get the choice to not have any dialogue that seems to be an important aesthetic choice but like do something else (laughs) in the two minutes you have or two two whatever minutes and try to explain just what we're doing because what you showed was impressive but it it, it's also kind of disjoint so yeah like you said it'll be interesting to see how capcom flushes that out and and where it goes so now we're going to move into the other big event which is the ign summer of gaming uh this is happening this has been happening over the weekend i think primarily i think it's still going on as we record this um and just we're getting a bunch of trailers a bunch of gameplay um we're going to start on this one with what I think is the biggest deal, which is Star Wars Squadrons. Now, I'm going to go on a bit of a diatribe, so just strap in. Um, when I was a kid, uh, granted, I did not own the original Rogue Squadron for N64, um, but I played the crap out of Rogue Squadron 2, which I can't remember what the name of that is. I think it's called Rogue Leader, uh, and Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike on my GameCube. And I freaking love those games. Like, I can't even describe to you how much... Some of the most... Like, besides Metroid Prime and probably Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Like, those are are my games on the GameCube. Loved them so much. Uh, So to see them 
throwing their CEA throwing their weight behind ship combat is enthralling. And you know what, what, what we got is first of all, this game was leaked and then they're like, Oh, I guess it leaked. We'll put the trailer out is what it seemed like happened. Um, but we got a trailer on Monday of this week mm-hmm. and again, cinematic trailer, no gameplay, exciting for sure. Well produced, but it seems clear that there is going to be no prequel trilogy content, limited original trilogy content, meaning it's not going to be like Rogue Squadron where you get to replay famous scenes, which is, I think, one of the draws of the games. It seems like it's going to be more focused on the sequel trilogy, which to me is upsetting. I have way less connection to the sequel trilogy than any other trilogy, and they no longer need to worry about using games to get me to go see the sequel trilogy movies. The sequel trilogy is over. I've already seen the movies. All of that being said, I'm excited uh, because there's VR support and it looks like, you know, a, a lot of potential. Uh, so I, I don't know. What did you guys think of this? Uh, I generally broad strokes. So I think it looks really interesting. I know I'm not as big of a Star Wars nut as you guys are, but I thought it looked pretty cool. I think maybe the campaign could potentially be a little bit too generic because it really didn't seem like there was a a driving force. It just seemed like you picked a side and you played a campaign that maybe wasn't super compelling. I'm worried a little bit that this will be another battlefront and that the multiplayer will take the front seat. And I understand that multiplayer is important and that's how these game devs make their money back by selling in-game purchases and stuff like that. But to me, that's not the major draw to this. I don't, I'm not good enough and I won't have the time to get good at a kind of flyer type game in a multiplayer setting. Like it, it won't be any fun for me. I already experienced that in Battlefront. I wasn't very good at it. I just want like a, a slow learning curve type thing, a campaign. Kind of like when you talked about Starlink Battle for Atlas or my experience with the gummy ship yes. in Kingdom Hearts. I want a fun experience that I can play on my own, maybe hop into a game with you. But easy for going. the yeah. For the most part, just have fun flying around space and like shooting pew pew. I think the PSVR support is super cool. I did not see that coming. And I think that's a huge, just a huge perk. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe today they even said that if you play it on PC, it will have full um, flight stick support. So that's kind of cool too. It's, you know, I think I would hope that EA would know better than to repeat the debacle that was Battlefront 2, which was widely publicized and a complete disaster for them. You know, even in spite of the fact, even if they still made their money back, which I'm sure they did, it was a disaster for them from a public relations standpoint. I would hope, I would hope that they would not do the same thing again. And, and what makes it so criminal is that you have maybe the most valuable IP in the video game universe at your disposal. And with a game like this, with a game that's supposed to be a rehash of Rogue Squadron, it is so easy to not screw this up. It is insanely... All I want, and I think all most fans of the game want, is a rehash of the old Rogue Squadron that is remastered, maybe with VR support, has really good graphics, you know, higher production values. That's all we want. It doesn't need to be anything else besides that. So, again, that's what I would hope for. And maybe we we will see more older trilogy content coming out. But um, I don't know, Tectic, you've been you've been rather quiet. Do you have any additional thoughts on this one? So. Is assuming that there is a story that's not just online multiplayer and that we do get the content we want. I was very excited about this game. As I've said with regards to 
completely different titles. I love the option to use, to choose my story arc. And when I saw you can either be on the side of good or the side of evil, I loved that because honestly, side of good is too righteous. I like the dark side. And to be able to play that, I'm all for it. So sign me up as long as you promise me a story. Just give me a story. That's all I want. I, I think it's more or less confirmed that there will be a campaign, so I, w- I would hope there will be some kind of structured story around that. Um, I guess we'll see. It's worth noting this one, this episode's releasing on Wednesday. Thursday, uh, they're having an extended play event, EA is, in which they're planning to show gameplay for this game. So that'll be a huge deal um, for anyone who's interested in this one. So be on the lookout for that. Other high points from IGN that we're going to cover... Um, I thought Metal Hellsinger was very interesting. Um, this is... So one thing Doom is known for, uh, Doom and its a sequel, Doom Eternal, um, have been very successful. And one thing they're known for is having this kind of hard rock soundtrack in the background. And Metal Hellsinger has taken that to the next level where it's it's created a rhythm combat game. Uh, and this one, we did see a, a lot of snippets of gameplay where it seems like you can only shoot on the beat is, I guess, the gist of it. And, and they got actual heavy metal singers to provide soundtrack unique soundtrack for the game um i'm super into this you know i've playing doom i loved it um and i the soundtrack is kind of an immersive element to it so to take that and supercharge it is a it's a brilliant idea by this developer and i I have to look up i don't remember exactly who the developer is yeah i completely agree i think one of the the fun things about doom was just how fluid it seemed and i feel like that lends itself perfectly especially with the metal soundtrack to a rhythm game and honestly i i kind of wonder how they're going to avoid uh i obviously they probably ran like the trademark and copyright things to ground to make sure that doom can't come after them but it's basically if you would have told me that it was a doom game i probably would have yeah. believed you <laughs> like it really looks like it's doom set to music like a rhythm game and i was very excited about this and i honestly like i'd be on board I haven't played Doom Eternal yet. I did finish Doom. I really enjoyed Doom. But like, I would maybe even buy this before Doom Eternal. See, I feel like I just don't have the hand-eye coordination for this one. This feels like a tap your head, rub your tummy while singing a song type game. It's Guitar and Hero. Think yeah, I that way. the Guitar Hero. Oh, I love Guitar Hero. Completely rubbish. I... So... This seems like one of those those games where Tectic's going to enjoy watching Nerd Bomber play. <laughs> <laughs> well, be, be that as it may, um, I did look up the, the dev for this. Uh, this is by The Outsiders. I, this is their, either their first game or one of their first games. Apparently, they branched off their former Battlefield developers that branched off into their own studio. And they are as indie as you get based on based on Googling. Um, so, you know, power to them. Um Sticking in the realm of rhythm-based games, uh, Ner- one of Nerd Bomber's franchises, Kingdom Hearts, the melody Woo-hoo. of memory. Uh, this trailer was pretty... I don't know, like... It's... I didn't get much out of this one, I have to be honest. Um, it's too cartoony for me. I mean, my, you would. Issue. So Yeah, it's the- not for me. Kingdom Hearts is well-known for all of their crazy offshoot games, and this one, I'm actually here for it. Like... I'm going to be honest, when we started getting into like the third or fourth DS offshoot game in the original story arc, I was kind of upset and I just wanted another mainline title. But this, they've basically taken it and turned it into a rhythm game. And 
the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack is just so great. Very orchestral. There's so many different worlds you can explore. So many different boss battles that had different soundtracks. I mean, you have so many different games of music that you can draw off of. And I think this will be a lot of fun. I think you have to be a Kingdom Hearts fan to really appreciate it. But I think if you are a Kingdom Hearts fan and you like the music, I think this is going to be a no-brainer. You're probably going to want to play it just because it'll be fun to kind of revisit all of those old tracks and songs and just have fun with it. There you have it. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. It's just part of me, I felt like I should be playing it in an arcade, not not at home on my couch, I guess is what the problem was. It's hard for me to put my finger on it. Um, yeah, I mean, if this is an expensive game, then I'm going to be really upset because, yeah, it doesn't look like it should be something not, that's like a full $59.99 game. There's there's not there's not much to it, right? Um, m- moving away from rhythm based games, uh, let's talk about Void Train because and this is going to amount to you guys explaining to me what I watched because I don't get it. This is the one similar to Stray where I was like, "What? What's so, happening?" To me, <laughs> I, I didn't get it. Tactic and I play a lot of like wave based games together. Um, it, like Gears has wave based games. I'm trying to think of other ones, even like zombies and call of duty and so this kind of looked like a game where you have to constantly be upgrading your train so like kind of like a gummy ship if going back to kingdom hearts or maybe a starlink battle for atlas where you're constantly upgrading your ship but you're also at the same time you have to take down waves upon waves of enemies while you're upgrading the train so to me it just looked like an interesting concept i don't it's definitely not like a triple a AAA title and i don't think it's going to be one of those games that everyone is like super amped for and pre-ordering but i feel like it might be an indie sleeper hit see my biggest question to you guys is when i was a little kid train model trains were like okay are they still cool like are trains still cool the model first of all model trains were never cool I don't think it's not about being cool to answer your main question though. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how their social standing has changed as a hobby in the past, however long, 20 years. Maybe this is going to bring it back. That's something to look forward to, I guess. Moving down the line, one that probably the most ambitious one that I saw and by ambitious, I mean, there's no way this is going to work is Solaris off-world combat to me promising miles more than it can possibly deliver um so what this game is offering is v online multiplayer vr combat which to my knowledge has not been done uh, i don't know if people can confirm or deny that i can um, deny that so this is actually created by the studio that made firewatch which is it was one of the the key and at firewatch maybe if, what? No, what? you're, you're, you're talking about Firewall Zero Hour. Firewall. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, Firewatch is not the right game. No, but this is created by the team that created Firewall. And that was a, actually a very successful PSVR title with really good online multiplayer. Like, that's pretty much the only basis of the game is online multiplayer. This, The only difference that I'm seeing, though, is that Firewall is very slow and methodical. It's very strategic and realistic. This is- and yeah, this, this is, is running gun. Fast. Yes. Yeah. So like, I don't know how this will work. It's it's portraying Halo in VR, which to me just seems like it would be so fraught with connection issues and difficulties that it wouldn't work. Um if it does work, wow. It looks uh, looks amazing to me. I was very into it. Kind of has a super hot thing going on and that there's a lot of kind of abstract stuff going on. You know, you're running through these shapeless mazes basically with guns shooting at each other. And I loved super hot. So 
to me really into this um tactic i don't know where you sit on vr if you've even experienced it very much if you're into it overall do you care to weigh in on this one i love vr and you got feel free to make fun of me but i have kind of a soft head so just wearing so the, the <laughs> it's he- well hey it's heavy i know yeah. I, I hear you Wearing it for a while just starts to hurt my head, but I, but if I if I can get the longevity, I can easily get sucked into any game for hours. I don't really get the motion sickness uh, too too bad. Yes, I, know I do Nerd get Bomber the gets motion. The motion yeah, yeah, like I motion sickness. I've played Firewall, and it's jarring because you don't have the transportation movement because you do have to move smoothly in that game. But I think the thing that'll be really interesting is the player base because one of the the things that I struggled with with Firewall was that it was sometimes very difficult to find a game because based on how many people were playing when I wanted to play, like they couldn't populate the server. Additionally, uh, I mean, again, this is like a four V four team game. And one of the, the difficulties is that since the PSVR doesn't have a huge install base, like it does. I mean, they think what they said, they sold 2 million PSVRs, but like not, it's not like your all of your buddies have it. You know what I mean? It's not like sure. you can play Fortnite with them and everybody can access it. It has a high barrier to entry. So then you have to make sure that you have good communication in the game. And that one of the struggles that I had with Firewall was that A, I was learning the game, but B, the teammates that I was getting paired with were terrible at communicating. So then I was just kind of wandering, trying to figure out the map and nobody was talking to me and it was just very difficult so that's one of the hurdles that any vr multiplayer game has i think and especially when you do something such team combat based it'll be interesting to see if they learn from firewall because i know they they have supported firewall a lot and patched things i just haven't played it in a while so i don't know if that got resolved well i think i think you're right that the player base issue is one like you said there are just like we both have PSVR, but we're in the minority of PlayStation users. I'm pretty sure. So like it's, it's populating servers is, is much more challenging in that instance. And it's, it's the lifeblood of any, any online multiplayer game, even if it is just four V four. So it, it will be interesting to see what happens with that to wrap things up. Last game of the evening. Uh, let's talk about new world, uh, which is the Amazon game studios, MMO, which has been talked about for a while. We got some more footage here, but I'm, I don't feel qualified to speak to it, both because I'm not an MMO person and because I didn't see much footage. So do either of you have any thoughts to, to close us out uh, on that one? Um, real quick, I'd say it looks like a unpolished, interesting game. Um, definitely different than what you think of when you think of traditional MMOs. So I'd be interested in it, but it seems like it just needs to kind of hone its its sharp edges, round them out. Yeah, that's my big takeaway is that it looked extremely janky for something that you're premiering or like showing a major trailer for. It wasn't premiering because we've heard about the game before, but it kind of leads me to question the viability of the Amazon Game Studios because now we've heard that like Crucible, it hasn't been super well received. It's just like, okay. And now this kind of looks pretty janky. Like there's something, there was something about it. And I don't know if it was just the stream I was watching or if the gameplay just wasn't smooth, but the player, like the character models just seem super stiff. And I don't know, it just for Amazon games, first two debuts, it doesn't really seem like it bodes well, but who knows? Maybe it'll come out and be great. Well, sorry, Jeff Bezos. Um, maybe games aren't your thing. Everything else is though. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry. 
this brings us so let's take a deep breath because this brings us to the end of, of nearly an hour of non-stop talking about all of the game announcements there is so much to get through of course we only hit a fraction of it um and we did so without an ad break so a couple of housekeeping items uh first of all if we did not mention a game because i'm sure we didn't that you're interested in uh hitman 3 was one that we didn't have much time to talk about um there are plenty of others we want to hear from you guys on Twitter. Uh, we have at Online Warriors One, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, and at OW The Lady Six. Let us know what did we miss, uh, and furthermore, what games did we talk about that we just we got wrong? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We love talking to you guys. So uh, let's 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 chat over there on the Twitter sphere. Uh, second thing, call to action uh, for us to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mister Ben Jackness, uh, who we usually shout out in the middle um of the episode but the stream was constant here so uh ben hopefully you'll, for, you'll forgive us uh for shouting you out at the end of the episode uh ben is uh our fantastic producer he supports us on patreon at the night level which is the highest of the three levels and as a result he gets the producer shout out in every episode he gets input into our game segment which again we won't be having this week simply because the game news was calling uh too loudly um he also gets access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog uh so yeah if you want to be like ben uh you do you can support us at the night level uh otherwise we also have the squire level of support which gives you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and of course the page which gets you access to the monthly secret segment so for more of the details on that you can head over to online no i always get that wrong you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details um thanks again to ben um so yeah, that brings us to the end of our episode where we also looks like we don't have time for our usual what are you up to. Um, I have not been up to much anyways. Uh, we'll, we'll check in next week. We'll have an extended what are you up to Wednesday to make up for it. Uh, but in the meantime, we want to thank everyone for listening and continuing to listen. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review if you want to give us your feedback. And um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. It's been a pleasure as always. Adios. Peace.